Sir Richard Branson literally launched Virgin Voyages as the worst possible time in history for cruises, other than the Titanic, probably. Not a lot of people are going on cruises right after that, but this, second to that. Welcome to the last 15 with Safe and Amin. Join us as we talk about the stock market, the economy, the latest headlines, and our daily lives. Recorded live during the last 15 minutes of the market and posted right after the closing bell. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Safe and Amin may retain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Welcome back to the last 15 with Safe and Amin. How's it going? I mean, where have we been? Um, I've been away. <laughs> but did I, did I say you? I said, where have we been? Oh, where have we been? Uh, we've been busy. It's been a very busy week, I guess. It's probably been about a week since we last recorded an episode. And a lot has happened in the markets. A lot has happened with the coronavirus, as you may know. What are your thoughts about what has happened? What do you want to talk about Um, first? Can we talk about (laughs) coronavirus first? There's so much to talk about. Yeah, there's so much to talk about. The coronavirus is concerning now because... um, Have you seen that chart that I sent you earlier today? Um, The number of cases was growing. It was linear which is generally good, but it was very steep. And then it was flat uh, for about a month, which is really good news. But now it's it's back, it's sloping back up and it's been going up for another, I think three days or four days now. And it's just as steep as it, when it started. So- Yeah, but don't you think that's expected? We were expecting a wave like this, of this caliber once reopening, you know, picked up steam. Right, but then how long does this stretch? Because if we're getting it, uh, you know, this is the it's, it's um, it's the number of cases per day, right? So twenty five thousand a day, or was it twenty thousand a day? Um, that's like that's an insane number, and it's growing. It's not flat, so uh, we'll have to see how that turns out. Uh, it's still early to tell, but it looks it looks bad. It does look very bad, and you know. Trump today saying that he's not going to follow the new New Jersey coronavirus quarantine orders because he's not a civilian. So he's not wearing a mask. He's not going to follow the 14-day quarantine. He's not being very presidential about this. And we did see a very not-so-presidential image a couple days ago from the Tulsa rally. His walk of shame out of Marine (laughs) One. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a long day. Honestly, like at that age, why would you want to run for being president again? You know, it's a lot of work. Is it just about, you know, being in power? Is it about, you know, being known for something? Is that the highest thing you can achieve being a president and you just want to win? So is it is it about winning? Like, why would you want to do that? Of course, it's is about he... winning. But I, I think Biden is actually older than Trump. He is older. I think he's he's 79 or almost 80, I think. Jesus. And I think he had only like three <laughs> people at his rally. Yeah. And no one's talking about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but according to some survey, I think it was done by 
I forget which news agency, um, but he had 14, 14 points higher in New York. So he's more popular there. When you when you have two candidates that are just completely unqualified for the jobs, shouldn't you have the right to just redo everything? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, what kind of policy is either of these characters going to be able to push through, you know, the House, push through Congress, when there's their supporters are so divided? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a problem, right? But, I mean, it's been like that in the States for, you know, for a considerable amount of time. I think it happened, well, how close was the Obama election? I thought the other dude won, and then they recounted or double checked the number. I think I think Fox News announced that Obama lost and he won again. It was that close. Um, I remember that was so long time, such a long time ago. Yeah, but it's always been close. Um, but I don't think it's to the point of concern where it's going to cause political unrest. Having somebody else as a president, you know, being Republican or Democratic, I don't think it's a concern. It's it's the policy. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, there's, there's some, you know, what's what's going on in the streets today, all, you know, the Black Lives Matter and whatnot is not related to who's, whoever's in office. Um, so, like, things like that that cause people to protest for a significant amount of time, I don't think it's relevant to, who, to whoever's, you know, been, uh, who's anybody who's in office. So, I don't think it's a big concern. Did you see the head, headline out of Texas? Which one? About their coronavirus cases. Uh, no, but I know Arizona and Florida, they hit uh, all-time highs. <laughs> so, so now they're undergoing a, a massive outbreak, according to the governor of Texas. And today, California reported a 69% increase in two days of cases as well as a 30% increase of hospital hospitalizations over the last 14 days. Yeah. I'm just worried that, that we're going to shut down the economy again. Can you imagine? Like, holy fuck. I can't even imagine. I'm getting butterflies just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Maybe, you know, they'll, they'll have... A complete shutdown for the entire U.S. economy is probably unlikely at this point. I don't think the economy can, can you know, uh, yeah, it's like, it's like, you can't handle, I, I don't think the U.S. economy can handle that. Maybe having people work for two weeks and then another group work for another two weeks or something like that, different kind of policy. But could you imagine? I mean, it's it's just crazy to think about. Just think that the... You know, obviously the health risk, health risk aside, just the financial implications about that. It just, yeah. <laughs> so just coming across the wire now, uh, stock futures flat after a sharp sell-off today. So let's go over the indices for today. The Dow was down 700 points, about 2.75%. The S&P was down 2.6%. NASDAQ, tech-heavy NASDAQ, dipping under 10,000 again down about 2%, and the VIX is up 8%. It's around 34 again. So definitely a lot of volatility in the markets. 
I think we're going back to another seesaw of red, green, red, green. And on days that are extremely volatile, we would go something like red, red, green, red, red, green, 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 red, you know. Yeah, um, honestly, most days the market has just been boring, except for these massive swings we've been getting. One day the market wakes up and, oh, we have coronavirus again, and then the next day it's optimism, and it's just all over the place. But uh, I'll say this again, I'll keep saying it, the, the S&P at those levels is not a, not attractive to me. Um, I'll sell some puts on red days, but that's about it, really. You do find some things attractive, though. You found some things attractive enough to sell some puts today, actually. Right. Let's go yeah. over some of your most recent trades since our last podcast. Um, sure. So um, <laughs> I have uh, I sold a put on SRG. It's a REIT. Um, strike price of 10, expiring on July 17th. They only have monthlies for those. But this one is much closer to the to the uh, uh, the strike price is much closer to the current price i don't usually sell those but i'm happy to own this stock so i'm not acting acting as an insurance company i'm more like trying to purchase these shares at that price if ever falls there so um i think that's a good one uh it's undervalued i think from being down 80 percent given the circumstances and how many assets they own uh, another one is really a gamble, <laughs> uh, SPCE space. Uh, ah, Virgin Galactic. Virgin Galactic. Um, yeah, maybe you can talk more about that one. You kind of talked me into it. I didn't talk. To, I didn't talk to anyone into it. So uh, basically, news coming out this week where Virgin Galactic popped eighteen percent on the news. A contract with NASA to transport actual real live astronauts to the International Space Station. So in my opinion, I think space SPCE has went from being a speculative stock to something with tangible profits on the horizon and potentially other government contracts as soon as the spaceport industry really picks up. I mean, the price per passenger is I don't know if this is going to be the same price for NASA astronauts because it's obviously going to involve a docking with the International Space Station, something a bit more sophisticated than just a space flight to LEO, low Earth orbit, for those unfamiliar with the term. Uh, yeah. But the seats start at $250,000. I personally know probably about 30 people who can launch into <laughs> space today with $250, $250,000. It's it's not expensive by any means, especially not for something like NASA. And if you're right. telling me you're going to be sending astronauts to the International Space Station for, let's say, even a million dollars, yeah, that's huge. How, how, does, how does it work? I mean, I get the whole SpaceX rocket approach of sending a rocket into space and then it's the capsule and whatnot. How does it work with uh, Virgin Galactic? So Virgin Galactic, I think, uses a space plane, kind of like a space shuttle. Right. So their, so their, last, their last tested model is basically 
the world's biggest machine to ever take flight. It's like two planes. I don't know if you've seen it. And yeah, in I've between the two planes is the orbital vehicle. So the giant plane carries the smaller orbital vehicle to, let's say, uh, if I remember correctly, 50,000 feet. It's air launch from that point, goes to orbit, and then comes back. So it's, it's, uh, it's it has, everything's reusable. But it has like thrusters and everything. It has a rocket engine. I'm not sure if it has thrusters. I'm not sure if it, well, I mean, obviously it's, it's going to have uh, thrusters. Or actually, it can do a deorbit burn with just the main engine to slow itself down. But it would, yeah, it would definitely need to have thrusters because it would need to reorient itself yeah, exactly. against the orbit to slow down and fall back to Earth. Basically. Well, that's that's pretty cool. You think you think? Well, it's just a business different model, right, from SpaceX. So, completely different, and it's smaller loads. But uh, well, well yeah. uh, I I trust Sir Richard Branson. I mean, uh, Virgin Airline is the only airline that I think is nowhere close to being bankrupt. <laughs> that's not true, actually. Oh, is it? <laughs> he was he was asking the uh, I think it was the Australian government for a bailout. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he he has the cash to bail himself out, but that's not how how it works, right? Because they're all independent uh, LLCs. No, that's exactly how it works. He can create another company that can bail out Virgin. Right, but he doesn't want to use his money. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. His money is probably in that new Virgin Cruises cruise line, which literally launched at the worst possible time ever. We always make fun of Buffett for selling the bottom on airlines, but he's going to have the last laugh if this continues the way that it's going. I mean, American Airlines today is down to, what, 13? 13, 12? 12, I think it's 12. (laughs) Yeah. So... Looks like he'll have the last laugh in the end. I'm just imagining him laughing. That's really funny, actually, against a black background. Let's see how things turn out. I really want to attend the annual meeting next year. Are you flying in private jet? Uh, No, I don't think I'm going to be on the private jet, but I'll get there. It'll be 300 bucks or so for economy class return flight. Let's rent a jet. It's 50,000. It's nothing. Us and a couple of friends, we rent a jet. We go to the meeting. We meet Buffett. We ask him four questions. People will claim that we hack the meeting because <laughs> you don't get to ask more than one, if even. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I yeah. mean, Sir Richard Branson literally launched virgin voyages as the worst possible time in history for cruises other than the titanic probably not a lot of people are going on cruises right after that but this second to that yeah i mean do you want to go on that cruise the new one for richard sir branson i hear it's uh it's uh you know aimed towards uh, the younger crowd a lot of clubs a lot of nightlife uh, a lot of uh, sexual activities I don't know. I mean, you'll need to take a lot of penicillin with you. <laughs> What's that used for? I, I, it's an antibiotic, is it not? To protect against 
STDs and such. I guess it's used for the, it's it's used for a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, back in the day, you got like anything. People are like, "Yeah, just give me a shot of penicillin." <laughs> right. So earlier today, you were looking for some book recommendations, and I sent you that book, Dark Towers. It talks about all the uh, shady stuff that Deutsche has been up to. And actually, it talks a lot of stuff about how Deutsche came, came to be the bank that it is today. Another bank that I do want to bring up is SoftBank. Why does it seem like everything SoftBank touches is kind of fucked up? Like WeWork. <laughs> Uber, Wirecard. We didn't bring up this uh, this Wirecard issue on the podcast previously because, I, but did they find the missing one point two billion dollars? Uh, I think it was two point one. But at this point, at least, billion. at least, at least we're fifty percent more accurate than the firm itself. <laughs> <laughs> um. I read somewhere that um, they were claiming that they did find them and it was a false accusation, but I don't think that's true. <laughs> the CEO resigned, so there must be something wrong, right? <laughs> um, and once again, SoftBank is somehow involved. WeWork, right. <laughs> SoftBank is involved. Uber, but back to, SoftBank back, involved. Back in SoftBank, I think they had their own, uh, well, they had their annual meeting or some presentation, I don't know what, when that was released uh, sometime this week and uh they wanted the focus was you know they usually have these like hpdp slides and one of them was about trying to drive the focus um they had two pictures a goose <laughs> and some golden eggs and he was like we shouldn't focus on the golden eggs we should focus on <laughs> The goose that lays the golden eggs, right? But I mean, aren't they doing the exact opposite? opposite exactly, by just throwing throwing money at every exactly. single company that's being traded, and just hoping that something will stick and will eventually become profitable. I mean, just yesterday, yesterday, they sold T-Mobile, which is probably by far their safest investment, and they sold their right. entire stake in T-Mobile just yes. It's a hundred something million, I believe, or hundred three dollars a share, maybe. Just absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but uh, yeah, ever since, uh, you know, his son got involved, uh, you know, shit's been hitting the fan. But funny thing, um, what was his name again? I can't pronounce his name. Takoshi something. Takoshi Ahamoya. Yeah. <laughs> I just made that up. So at one point, his share price, was it dropped... 60 or 70 percent in a day um for a few minutes i believe and then it bounced back um yeah so he's been he's been through that before i don't think it's I, look i don't think it's gambling i think they know what they're doing but they have a lot of money now and a lot of interest they've been you know every time they fly out to saudi arabia they're getting 50 60 billion dollars he jokes about you know getting a dollar a billion per minute because he spent 45 billion with the prince of saudi arabia and got 45 billion from him um 
So maybe having more money is just making them making them make riskier bets. But in terms of them knowing what they're doing, I think they have a relatively good grasp. I'd say. And many of these plays, you really can't really value or decide the outcome in a month or two or a year or two. They're just startups that have, you know, ridiculous valuations because of the potential and how many people are using them. So, you know, they're going to miss earnings one 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 quarter and then beat the next. It does. It's not going to be consistent, right? So, who knows? Well, Wirecard is now in the same position that WeWork is in because I think when they IPO'd, they were worth 24.6 billion euros in 2018. And now they're currently valued at 2.4 billion euros. And it's not even the matter of the money never actually having been there. The fact that this money was on their books and is now off their books, even if there was no ill intent or criminal actions, they're now... $2.1 billion short in cash in their books. And this is a company valued now at $2.4 billion. How do you survive just $2.1 billion being wiped off your balance sheet? Uh, I don't know. What what methods are available to them to survive this? Raising more debt, I I guess? I mean, raising more money is one one thing, but what happens in these situations is that the cost of raising money in general, capital, becomes more expensive. So if you're rated, I don't know, triple B or triple A or triple A minus or whatnot, you're not going to raise money at a, at a much you know higher interest rate. So it, it never plays into your advantage, right? Any problem you come up with is not going to, it's going to be more costly. That's, that's the way it that's the way it works absolutely and i did notice that when i was playing uh airlines manager when i took out a (laughs) loan and then i performed some r&d to unlock the next level of banking services if i still hadn't paid off that previous loan my interest rate would be like something ridiculous like 11.29 percent because my credit rating was triple b minus but then if i wait a few game months so to speak, until some of my loan payments have been processed and my credit rating goes back up to a triple A, the interest rate is now suddenly 2.9%. Yeah, 2.9? Oh, that's, that's pretty good. But I spent all those game months flying less flights, earning less profit, earning less revenue. So I think by the end of the game, I kind of had, like I was spending $2.4 billion a day and I was making $2.1 billion in payments to my loans. So that just shows right. you the airlines, the margins yeah. are so damn tight. Yeah. Yeah. Even it's, in the game. It's, it's a pretty tough industry to be in. Speaking of airlines, though, Delta is now burning only $30 million a day. I say only. But... How are the airlines? Have they uh, <laughs> resumed flights? Let's look up TSA numbers. Well, Delta Delta this week um, resumed flights to China. Okay, so total travel throughput on June twenty second was six hundred thousand, compared to two point seven million exactly a year ago. 
Well, that's not bad compared to last month. That's 22%. Last month, let's go to May 22nd. 348. So, yeah, that's I double. guess it doubled. Yeah. Okay. Is this a trend, though? Is it going to sell double? By the way, Canada and the U.S. border, that's all closed, right? Right, yeah. And uh, Trudeau com- commented this week, I believe, early, I think it was Monday, um, that uh, they're not going to welcome international travel anytime soon. They think it's a risk. But you can fly out to the U.S. You can't drive there. A lot of people don't know this. You can actually oh. fly out. Oh, really? Yeah, you just, you just can't drive there. But I think when it, you come back to Can- Canada, you have to quarantine yourself for 14 yes, days. Yes, you do. You do, 14 days. And if therein lies I, the problem. Because mm-hmm. a lot of employers are going to demand that that be part of your vacation, the 14-day the quarantine. Isn't that a bit ridiculous? Man, unless you're able to work from home. But, uh, yeah, I get what you mean. It, it's, I mean, people are going to, you know probably think three or four times before they book a flight and go somewhere. Um, So that's a barrier. So I know you're recently looking to diversify your portfolio, getting into some other assets. Art is what you've chosen, surprisingly. (laughs) And, And there's a very good painting that was circulating on the weekend of J-Pal uh, <laughs> as Jesus Christ, basically holding an open book where it says like, fuck puts, fuck the bears, so on and so forth. So you've made some investments in art. What have you bought? <laughs> um, I've bought two paintings. One of them looks like a scribble. Well, I bought, okay, so I should be clear. I bought two shares in two paintings. Well, I bought 20 shares in two paintings. So what percent ownership is, is that? Oh, not even. You can, we can round it to 0% because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of like buying into a publicly traded company, right? So you, it pretty much rounds to 0%. Uh, but yeah, so one of them is was listed for 6 million bucks. And the other one is for 9 million. Um, and I, 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 one is a classic and the other one is more of a scribble. I mean, picture, picture like your, you know, six-year-old, maybe three-year-old cousin trying to um, draw a mosque and describe what happens to people there and like what what they're trying to do. That's that's the painting that I got. Um, but the same artist had a painting recently sold for $110 million. So are both the artists that painted the paintings that you bought shares in still alive or are they dead? They're both dead. Okay, so my question to you is, if you want to see these art pieces that you purchased, is there a place where you can go and look at the physical asset? Are these art pieces being paraded around the world into different museums? Are you going to be paying art tax on this purchase? How does the investment work exactly? So as a shareholder, you can actually go out to New York and they have a little boutique shop where you can go and see them, but you can only see the replicas. Uh, so they are parading the originals in international waters, never actually bringing them into the U.S. 
thus never having to pay tax on them actually mm. they are they are um well they do file them with the sec so each painting is an llc um and it, it, the, the process is similar to that of an ipo actually and if it's filed through the sec and you get your tax slips and whatnot and any foreign investment is kind of like us buying here in canada buying to us shares uh, in the us company so it's the same process um and they follow the same standard international protocol about like storing arts um so but it, it, essentially it's a hedge fund right so um rather than just buying and selling shares they buy pieces of art they uh, and then you buy into these shares um and then when there's an exit uh they um they just uh, take a 20 percent uh uh, profit on the 20, they take a 20 percent they take 20 percent from the profits generated so just kind of like an as a hedge funds which is two and 22 percent management fees and 20 percent profits yeah this is this is actually a really cool idea so I was watching the Manchester United game earlier and thinking about different uh, other asset classes of investment and I decided footballer maybe I want to buy like a 10% share in Martial because, you know, he's, he scored a hat-trick. I'm sure these, these footballers are monetized and they're owned by multiple people and their future earnings are, you know, divided up by everyone. You know, now that you bring that up, I think it's a really interesting idea to think about as, you know... That you can maybe. LLC anything? I was, I was talking to you guys about LLCing organs so basically, if someone needs a heart, <laughs> but they right. don't want to wait two years because they may actually die before they get to the top of the list, they can borrow a heart for two years, let's say, at $500,000 a year, and then they would give it back, I guess, once they get to the top of the organ wait list. Does, does that work like that? But, you know, the risk that they run into <laughs> is, let's say, after one year they can no longer afford to have the heart and they're still not at the top of the wait list. Like, are you just going to take some dude's heart? There's no way they're going to allow that. Like, you can't do that with organs. You can't that's, LLC that, organs. That sounds like a terrible idea. But, funny Probably thing that you not with up, the heart. But so, with the kidney, maybe. So, in Egypt, right now, <laughs> there's a black market for, um, for plasma from people who have been infected with COVID. And they're selling those for 1200 bucks a pop. Plasma from people who ha people who have been? Yeah, so if you've had so COVID, you've yeah, you've recovered. So you get the plasma and you inject in somebody else and then, you know, uh, you're good to go. Honestly, you can't, you can't get COVID. I'm pretty sure you can donate plasma like every week maybe every two weeks it's not as stringent as donating blood where you need to wait like 59 days you can probably donate plasma like every single week because i know some oh, people who have had like five thousand donations already and it's like dude you're you're not 60 how can you have five thousand donations plasma that's the answer so just some breaking news coming across the wire now actually biden joe biden sleepy joe will accept the <laughs> presidential nomination in milwaukee uh, according to the DNC. So it looks like he will be running against Trump. And I just absolutely 
cannot wait to watch him get ripped apart by Trump on the on the debate stage. Me too. I think he can't handle it for sure. Oh no way. So I I honestly don't. Okay, so I think he got here purely by luck and given the circumstances about people dropping out. Had COVID been you know in place in the U.S. maybe just a few weeks before, like if if they had to shut down the economy or COVID had to spike maybe early in the year, sometime in mid-January, I think things would turn out much more different differently than they have. Um, like there's so many people, like how did we end up with Joe Biden here? It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, I'm not a fan of either, just to be clear. Um, but I don't think he can handle it. He, he couldn't handle the uh, Democratic debates. debates. And whenever he'd get interrupted, he'd cry like a baby. So um, it's going to be interesting for sure. <laughs> Can't wait. We could, we, we, we could be talking about the future president of the United States, the highest puppeted office in all the land. But the reason why I did bring up the art and I did bring up the J-Pow painting, a very good painting, by the way, I'm thinking of getting a canvas, is back in March, the Fed said that they're ready to provide $2.3 trillion to the economy. And so far, they've only provided $143 billion, which is about 6% of their total firepower. So I think uh, just sit back, relax. We're just getting started here. <laughs> yeah. Shit is about to hit the fan, eh? In a good way, though. In a good way. Can shit ever really hit the fan, though, in a good way? <laughs> maybe if the fan is off, you have to have the fan off. Yeah, maybe. But it's it's going to stick on the fan. Well, you can clean that up, right? You just turn the fan on in an enclosed space. Yeah, but that's the literal definition of a mess. <laughs> We're in a mess right now. so. J-Pow will save us. I believe in him. Oh, so remember, like, what was it? Monday? I don't know. One of these days, the futures opened. They were, you know, flat. Then there was a tweet about the trade deal with right. China being canceled. And the futures just went down like 2.5%. And I, I resent you that picture of J-Pow as Jesus Christ. And, and we said a little prayer, you know. Uh, J-Pow, our father who art in heaven, heaven, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, lead us not into temptation, but into short puts and deliver us from evil. Amen. And then a correction <laughs> to the tweet was sent out, like literally a couple minutes after, and the futures are back to being flat, like basically zero. He got a call. That's what happened. From who? Trump was busy drinking his Spain away in his helicopter. Trump doesn't drink. That's true. He did look at, he did he did look a bit drunk though. Coming up that <laughs> helicopter. Man, he probably hasn't gotten his plasma infusion. But did you see his tie? Yeah. He wasn't wearing his hat. His tie nope. was off. You know, I have I mean, to say in, in all the four years that he's been president, that's probably the saddest and most defeated I've seen him look. Yeah, but I mean, you're just tired after a long day. If you've been, you know, you're the president, everybody's trying to take a picture of you, half the country's against you, you know, you're going to get one of these pictures every now and then. 
But you see the the single guy sitting in the stands with the, with the sign. Uh, nope. So, you remember that picture I have of you in Bell Theater of you just sitting by yourself? Yeah. Now imagine that, but with four times more empty seats, <laughs> and the dude yeah. holding a cardboard yeah. sign saying "Make America Great Again." And if you actually look at the full picture, there's a guy a few rows above him who's like splayed across three rows with his fist on his face, wearing a mask, just looking really sad. Yeah, it's sad for the whole world, actually, but uh, what else can you do? I'd rather go through a pandemic in 2020 instead of, what, 1900 or 1800. So do you think anyone has discussed the idea about just canceling 2020 and just moving on to 2021? Kind of like how they don't have the 13th floor in some buildings? Yeah. (laughs) Who would be the authority to just cancel a year? Wasn't 2020 the year for most people to start the new decade? Exciting new plans, travel the world, this, that? (laughs) No, no, no. My favorite thing is, all the 2020 vision memes like yeah. oh in 2020 we're gonna have 2020 vision we're gonna see everything no one <laughs> fucking saw covid coming <laughs> well i i saw uh i think it was a meme it was like the worst useless purchase of 2020 uh is a 2020 planner have you seen those like <laughs> man yeah. i i quit using planners yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot of work. I just created categories in Outlook and then I just categorize everything as soon as it comes in and then I archive it. So you're not going to buy into analog? No. You want to tell us about this startup? This startup managed to raise what now? Like $180,000 in 2 days? Yeah, it hasn't been 2 days. It's been, it's been literally about 24 hours. So, guys, basically, the way I understand this is it's a small piece of wood and it comes with some cue cards and maybe a fancy pen. What else is there to it? But the cue cards, there's three kinds. There's today, there's next, and later. Last15pod at gmail.com. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Maybe sometime this week. Maybe sometimes next week. We'll see. All right. Take care.